0: Open up your hymn books this morning to page 12, please. As we said at the beginning of the service, this is a day when our brothers and sisters all around the world are remembering that we need the power of God. As we think about what we want to share this morning and even all this month, we want to know how to act appropriately for the calling God has placed on our life. James knows that our life is not to be judged by its intentions or by our, even our goals or aspirations or by our, the way we can emotionalize or Try to, I'll say, plan our actions, but our very acts themselves, our very lives, have purpose in in the work of the Lord. And so we see here an invitation, and these words found on page 12 in your hymn book this morning, that we will read together and share together, and then as I share in the midst of the great thanksgiving I want to share our meditation from James this morning know this Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another therefore let us confess our sin before God and one another merciful God We confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not even loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that when you say we are justified in Christ Jesus, we're justified by faith alone. Trusting in him, he is the one who makes us right. And it says when we're justified by faith, we have peace with you, a connection that cannot be broken, a relationship that will last forever and get deeper and richer and better as it goes. And the reason why this is true, it says, is because when we have peace, it says we're given access into your grace in which we now stand. And so in standing right here in your grace, we hear the good news together. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Let's continue. Let's join in the great thanksgiving together on page 13 there. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let's give thanks to the Lord our God. Yes, it is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and in earth. For you are the one this morning who tells us through the apostle that we can count it pure joy or count it all joy when we face trials of many kinds. Because we know that every test, every situation we face in life is an opportunity to prove ourselves. And by proving ourselves, again, I don't mean by trying to do a certain amount of things so that God will like us or that God will accept us, but prove ourselves by saying, you know, I have all I need. I can do everything that I need to do through Christ who strengthens me. So when I prove myself, what I really when when James is encouraging us to do that, he is asking us just to align ourselves with the Lord. Just to step into that access to God's grace that He has given us. Because really to prove ourselves, now that we're in a relationship of faith. We've been crucified actually ourselves, been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we still live, yet it's not us anymore, but with the life that we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God. That's what Paul says. And so to prove ourselves just means, hey, let's all prove how good God is. Let's show off how great God is is. He says because when we align ourselves with the Lord, we find out something. We find out that God always wants to grow our trust, to grow our faith, to advance it a little further than where we used to have it. Or as Ben Hogan used to say about practice, why do we practice? So we can improve. And so everything, life is all about as proving yourself is about improving your trust in your relationship with the Lord. Thank goodness the Lord is the author and the finisher of that relationship. God takes responsibility for us and the, how that alignment stays fresh. How God renews his mercy toward us every single day we could jump into the next part. It says, and so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join. They are unending him. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Because it's holy are you. Blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. I don't really have to prove anything about proving myself other than he's the one I'm going to follow. If I lack wisdom, I'm not running to run to the, like we used to when I was growing up, run to see if I can find the right answer in the world book or if I can Google it. If I, lack, if I think I even lack anything, I can run to him. I love the word where Paul encourages us to say to pray without ceasing because that word without ceasing If you keep on breaking it down to its root, it means that when you pray, I want you to remember something. I want you to remember that in Christ, you never really lack anything. So every time you pray, you will have all you need. Anytime you go to act and serve, you will have all the strength you need. I know I've told this story before, I'll tell it again. Dr. Cole used to ask us one time, teaching a bunch of guys, he goes, now how many of y'all believe if you heard God's voice, you were at home, you're standing there in your kitchen, you're feeling pretty good and God speaks to you. It's almost, it is an audible voice. You hear it and it says, I want you to sweep the kitchen floor. How many of y'all believe I have sufficient grace to get the broom out the closet even find the dustpan and sweep the floor. I can do it in Jesus' name. How many of you? You could jump, go for it. You could do it. You know you have the confidence of the Lord. He says, okay, you finished that up. You felt so good. You needed a snack, but you had to run to the grocery store to get it. And on the way to the grocery store, there had been a terrible accident. And one of the victims of the accident has already had the sheet pulled over them on the side of the road. And you heard that same voice that you had heard back in the kitchen. And you knew without a shadow of doubt when you heard that voice, you had all the strength you needed to wield the broom and to get the dustpan and to sweep the floor. And you heard that same voice say, pull over, go back, and raise that person from the dead. He said, how many of you would have that same confidence? You're still standing in the same grace that allowed you to sweep the floor. Now you're still standing in the same grace that will allow you to raise the dead. There's no difference with the Lord, he says, because if any of you like me, just ask God. He gives generously, and that word generously means he doesn't try to set up hoops for us to go through to prove he really can do what he says he'll do. He actually simplifies things rather than complicates things. And that's a wonderful thing about our Heavenly Father. He says, and it will be given to you. He won't try to find fault with you because he could, but he won't. Instead, he will just be a giver. And so he says, "When I want you just to do this. I want you to align yourself with the Lord and access the grace that is yours in Christ Jesus. For it says, holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. It's by the baptism of his suffering, death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit. And so we have this new covenant in Jesus Christ. And so I want us to look at the next thing that James teaches us here about proving ourselves In in here in chapter one. He says that we can accept where we are and do whatever God tells us to do because we realize accepting where you are is always a starting place. It's never a finish line. If you look at your life in this moment, in this second, and say, well, this is the best it's ever going to be, then you just made yourself a victim to your past. You've just made yourself a slave to no hope for the future. Because if this is the best, well then, hey, this is the best. It's all downhill from here. But God says, no, it's always good. It's always better. He says, I'm going to be at work in you. So accepting where you are means you're just at the starting place I want you to be today. So today, if you will hear my voice, don't harden your heart. Today, I am calling you to live for me. Today, I want to be in your life a consuming fire. And that word, I love it, that whole section in Hebrews chapter three, which sort of echoes here what James is talking about, is God will continue. Accepting where you are just means whatever needs stirring up in my life, that's what God is gonna stir up today. It's like a poker in the fire. You know, you don't don't intentionally, at least I don't think you do, you don't burn a fire just so you can burn the middle of the log. You eventually stir it all up so everything can be consumed. And God says, that's the way I want to work in you. So whether you're poor, that's okay. Just... Echo the fact that I'm at work in you. Take pride in your, your high position. But if you're rich, take pride in your low position. The main thing is I'm going to be working in you whether your trial is to be poor or whether your trial is to be rich. And whoever perseveres under the trial, some of you may want to try to get to one to do the other, but that's okay. God says they will receive a crown of life that I've promised to those who love me. So don't don't get off track now, he says. When you're tempted, don't try to say, well, that's just God. Don't blame God for your mess. Don't be deceived, he says. Instead, take note that God will be at work in you to do what is pleasing in his sight. What God wants you to be doing, what's prevalent in you, not only proven you have access and alignment with, with God, but he says, what I want to be prevalent in you is that you humbly accept the word I want to plan in you, which can save you each and every day. God's gonna continue to work in us. And so we accept where we are as always as a starting place rather than a finish line. And finally, he says, I want you to act I want you to act to show someone else what God is doing in you. You know, if nobody if somebody around you doesn't know God, all they're going to see is you. And that's what he says when this word for taking pride in whether we're poor or whether we're rich, is the word where we get our word echo from. We just want to echo what God is doing. We want to remember When the gospel comes to us, it's always on its way to somebody else. How do you think it got to you? When the gospel comes to you, it is always on its way to someone else. And so what is our job? Our job is to echo what God is doing. Our job is to advance the gospel. Sometimes we get things backwards. Sometimes we get things out of order. Sometimes we had it. We did it in our meeting this week, and then I, I thought about it and I didn't know how to say anything about it at the meeting, which is you know my usual slow self, but a couple of days later, I realized we had talked about this at the conference the other week. Our job is not to figure out how to build up the church. Our job is to advance the gospel. Jesus' job is to build the church. But somehow we sort of flipped it around. We want Jesus to advance the gospel. Jesus, do something from heaven. Do this, do that, and, and so our church can, so we can be a part of the church growing. But no, it's the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done. To echo, we've got to act to show someone else what God is doing. And he gives pretty nice instructions on what some of those actions can be. Number one, he says, don't be a, just a hearer only. But do what the word of God says. It will really, when you do what the word of God says, that's what really gives freedom. You won't get freedom by trying to figure out to do what you like to do. It just doesn't happen that way. He says, you'll be blessed when you do the word. And then if anybody considers themselves religious, yet they can't keep a tight rein on their own tongue, well, then Lord, work on my mouth. Alan Hirsch, one of the speakers at the last meeting, he said um, I shared my prayer and I've shared it with y'all, I'll share it again. My prayer that, that I started when my grandfather was declining in, in health in many ways because I am Norman Leslie Ramsey 3rd I've seen all three versions of us and I know what they all can look like. And so I can remember when the first bearer of that name got to acting inappropriately and people would say oh oh, don't you worry about that he's just not being himself but my concern was what if he is what if the real him is coming out now when he doesn't have control over things so I started praying Lord do such a thorough work in me that when I'm not myself, I look more like you than me." And Alan Hirsch said, yes, yes, I needed to hear that, I worry about that. And he had, they had apparently had a saying down where he grew up in Australia about, Alan, go play with the ball. He said, I knew someday I would get to that stage where they would ask me, go play with the ball. In other words, I'd gotten so off, they just needed to send me on out into the street, let me accidentally get run over so that they don't, you know, I don't want to get to that place where they need to send me out to catch the ball. I said, well, you can start, I'll start praying my prayer for you too. But what we're trying to do, he says, act so that we show someone else what God is doing. And he says, we'll be blessed when we do it. Because not only will it be a revelation to others, it will be a redeeming work for our own lives when it happens. And so he says, act. Act so that others can know what God is doing. Act in a way that is pure and faultless, he said. What's that? To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep yourself from being polluted by the world. So it's an outward and an inward work that God wants us to do. It wants us to participate in. The good news is we have access to all of his grace. The good news is we can accept where we are and it's always a fresh starting point rather than, oh, it's over. No, it's just beginning. And that's the way God likes it. You see, God doesn't let things end unless he ends them. Because on the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread and things weren't over. They were just beginning. He was making a new covenant with us.